What is up? How we doing? And welcome to the first ever Mass Hole Podcast. My name is Sean Rourke, and I'm your typical passionate Boston sports fan. So I decided to start this podcast because what I find myself doing is I'm constantly ranting about the basic Boston sports, you know, between the Patriots, Red Sox, the uh, Bruins, and the Celtics, you know. It's it's one of those things I do a lot, and I figured, why not make a fucking podcast about it, boys? So uh, here we are. So I, I guess the goal of this podcast here is, uh, yeah, we're just going to break down, you know, the news, the stories, the events of uh, what happened between, you know, the four major Boston sports teams. Maybe sprinkle in some some extra sports, you know, UFC, uh, golf sometimes, you know, whatever whatever's big in the sports world. We'll obviously sprinkle in but uh obviously the main the main uh purpose of this podcast is to talk about those main sports for red Sox and patriots and celtics and bruins for the boston sports fans by a boston sports fan so jumping right into it today we're gonna lead off uh how about the patriots today you know uh not not a great day to be a, a patriots fan you know it's uh it's one of those tough things uh team's not looking too good just lost 24 to 21 today recording this on a sunday here uh 24 21 lost to the bills it's uh it's not a great not a great way to lose either uh now up to two and five it's uh one of those things you had a chip shot to win the game so we're driving in obviously we have what about a minute left on the clock and we have a a a run off tackle left with cam and uh, Cam Cam puts the ball on the ground. I mean, this guy's been the worst, just in terms of finishing. Um, Seahawks game, this game, there was one more in there. I can't remember off the top of my head, but look, I feel bad for Cam. Cam has been saying all the right things off the off the field. Um, he seems to be mentally where we need him to be, but on the field, his production is just not there. He has a drive to win it. He has it in field goal range. All we need to do is let big dick Nick Falk kick a field goal and we're at least getting overtime. But nope, puts the ball on the ground and we lose. We lose again. We're down to two and five now. Obviously, this has been the worst we've ever been in, oh, say, 20 years. I can't remember a time in my lifetime, I'm 19, that the Patriots have ever been this bad. I, I, I just can't. And, uh,. Cam, he did most things right, but it's it's the ability to finish is what we're missing. The the ability to have that clutch gene that Tom had is coming down, marching down, two minutes left in the football game. You got to drive to win it, and he just can't capitalize. It's uh, it's it's a bummer, and you know you, you want him to do good. He's he seems to have cleaned up his act, and you want to cheer for him you want to root for him with the comeback story and all but when you're costing the team the game on a fumble like that it's just not something you can do i'm seeing a lot of comments about bill belichick being fired too like what bill belichick's at the point as a coach that bill could go 0 16 and he'd still sign a five-year extension belichick is going to be the patriots coach till he retires that's not disputable for what he's done with the Patriots is everybody knows he's the greatest coach of all time. Uh, they should change the Lombardi trophy to the Belichick trophy. He's won it so many times. He's everything you could want in a coach. 
So now you're looking at this. We're two and five on the season. The, the sad truth is starting to sink in. This, uh, this we don't. I don't think this is a playoff team. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs this year. So now, now we're tasked with a, a question. I've started asking is, and I'm starting to see too is 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 it Stidham time? This cam experiment has not been working. I think it might be time to to give Stidham the reins, and you know what? If if he can figure it out, if he can become the quarterback we hope, and the next quarterback, the New England Patriots, great. We just found our next quarterback. If not, we're gonna have a bad record, and we're gonna have some good draft picks. That's all we can do. Um, obviously, drafts is gonna be substantial this upcoming year if we're gonna hope to rebound. Uh, you look at our receiver core. That needs that. We need somebody there. Um, Jules is hurt, and you know, Jules, you're starting to see what happened to Welker. You know, injuries are starting to catch up, and there's nothing you could do. He's laid his body, his his whole career on the line for the Patriots in that slot. Everything he does, he gets rocked. Still gets back up and gets the ball the very next play. Gets rocked again. You're starting to see his, his body might uh, start to be doing what Gronk's did, and it's it's starting to let him down a little. And uh, that happens. Do I love Jules? Abs-fucking-lutely. Do I hope he plays for the Patriots and puts up crazy numbers for the next 20 years? Abs-fucking-lutely. Just looking at it from a, from a backed-off perspective, Jules is starting, you're starting to see a decline. And God, I hope he can rebound and fix it, and I hope this surgery can change that. But you're looking at what he is to this team, man. It's it's sad if this is the start of the end. Do I hope it is? Absolutely not. But that again goes back. If Jules is done, if Jules is starting to decline, we desperately need receivers. One that would impress me today was obviously Damari Bird. Damari Bird's been actually a pretty solid receiver for us he's been a good trade piece that we just recently got and i'm liking keeping him on the team he seems to be producing he seems to be what we hoped we could get out of muhammad sanu who was an absolute bust he's what we're hoping we can get in that position a solid third receiver if we can get a solid third receiver out of him that would be all we can ever ask and he's been putting up third receiver numbers he's been putting up second and second receiver numbers at worst so i mean that's one of the things you you look at from a distance and and you're happy from that perspective but then you work down jacoby myers had a great day today but is he a long-term prospect i I don't think he is i don't think he's the long term he's a fourth at best and i think over his career that's about as good as we can get so obviously is is it stidham time is the question that's the question so, looking ahead, obviously I was saying the draft. That is going to be a huge aspect for the Patriots. Assuming we don't do well with Stidham is what I'm assuming happens. If we call the Cam project over, we go with Stidham. And next week might be a great week to start that, considering we have the New York Jets. If we're looking ahead towards the draft, if we do not get good positioning, we might get a top 10 pick and that might be what we need to start rebounding so i got here a list of a couple players obviously 
never going to be drafted considering Belichick's our coach. He'll pick some random guy out of some D3 school tournament to the next world star, best receiver of all time, but we'll see. Here's my wish list. So, obviously, best case scenario, I'd love to trade up. and Or if we suck bad enough, maybe we can get him. Number one, I would go with Justin Fields. This kid out of Ohio State has been absolutely phenomenal. And frankly, I don't think we can get Trevor Lawrence. I, I think he's out of our reach. You know, the uh, I'd love to get him. Don't get me wrong. But the Jets are just too good at being bad. We cannot out-bad the Jets. There's no physical way to do that. They're just superior at being inferior. There's no way we can be worse than the New York football Jets. They got Trevor Lawrence. To sneak into the top five, that's going to be tough. I see us being maybe a 10th pick, maybe an 8th pick, somewhere in that range. So, obviously, we're going to have to trade up. And if I were to go trade for a quarterback, I would want Justin Fields. Justin Fields looks like the quarterback of the future. Justin Fields looks like the guy that we need going forward. Justin Fields looks like what we want for Cam Newton, but younger, probably a little faster. Not as big, but faster. Almost Lamar Jackson-esque, but he can throw the ball. This kid is an absolute stud and obviously a franchise quarterback i think you look at the division everybody's going young you got sam darnold in new york and bless his heart that team is terrible and you look at it they probably won't have sam darnold next year because they're probably going to take trevor lawrence with that one pick first overall it's going to be trevor lawrence to the jets everybody knows it unless trevor decides to go back for a senior year that would be the smart move if i were trevor lawrence that's what i'd do you know, maybe he wants to cash in, get the money. So Trevor Lawrence will be out with the Jets. You look in Buffalo, Josh Allen, he is an absolute stud. I know we hate Buffalo being Patriots fans, but when you look at what he's doing, it's hard. He is so good. He's right now a top five quarterback in the league, I'd say. And maybe I'll take heat for that, but you know, I'll stand by right now. Josh Allen's a top five quarterback in the league. He's young. And now you just look down in Miami. They just started their future in Tua. Yeah, they beat the Rams today, 28-17 on Tua's debut. They're 4-3, so they're well ahead of us. The Bills are well ahead of us. We're looking pretty locked in third because we ain't out sucking the Jets this year. So, you look, everybody in this division's going young. It might be time for us to start over. We had Tom for so long, and we jumped right in with Cam. It's not working. If I were them trade up to third with Jacksonville Justin Fields quarterback of the future right there that's where I'd go however if that is not able to happen I got a bunch of other players I got five more players I'd love to see them try to get here in the first round the Patriots have success when they have a good tight end Ryan Izzo is not a good tight end Dalton Keene Devin Asiasi okay But if they're not better than Ryan Izzo, they're not good. So I'm looking, and there is one tight end absolutely tearing up college football. And that brings me to my number two pick.
that I would love to see the Patriots take is Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. This guy's been phenomenal. Him and Kyle Trask down in Florida have been obviously killing the SEC. They've had a couple losses in there, I've noticed. Not great. However, Kyle Pitts is an All-American last year, I believe. Gonna be an All-American this year. There's no doubt in my mind on that. Kyle Pitts is the best tight end in college football right now. And obviously, we've had history with great tight ends in uh, Florida that, uh, well, that one didn't turn out great. On the field, he was good. Everybody can agree with that. Off the field, he had issues. Um, I'm not get into that, but uh, I say it's time for a second round with uh, a tight end in Florida. That would not be something I hate. Next, if I were to have another pick, my next pick would be Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Alabama is a wide receiver factory. In fact, they're an offensive factory. Their running backs are great. Their wide receivers are great. That team produces NFL talent right out the gate. Jalen Waddell, their number one receiver. He's put up the numbers, capable of proving that he's a high-end first-round pick. And obviously, we need a high-end first-round pick, a wide receiver. Another one I could see us grabbing is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase last year was phenomenal with that LSU offense. Granted, he was put into a system that was absolutely unchallengeable. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, that was a lethal offense. However, he was the best wide receiver in that group, I could say. It's sad to see that he didn't play this year, so I think that affects his draft stock with COVID. Maybe he falls to us. I'd love to see him in a Pats uniform. He looks like he could be somebody that could really help the prospect pool at our wide receivers. Another wide receiver you can go for, this is probably my third, probably not my favorite wide receiver, is Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. He's been obviously the best player at Minnesota now for his time being there, and he's made them a considerably better program. I don't know if he's the right guy, but I sure would like to see some high-end prospect in our receiving core next year. And then, obviously, if none of those happen, if you want to go quarterback, Zach Wilson out of BYU. That guy's been playing very, very well. Zach Wilson has been so good for BYU that they're 7-0 for the first time in quite some time. He has been very, very good. He's led that team. He's made them relevant again. They're in the top 10 poll now. They're ranked ninth in the nation. He has been a good quarterback. Is he the quarterback of the future, potentially? Is he a first-round talent? I think so. I don't think he's our quarterback. Obviously, I'd love Fields over him. So, that concludes my first round of guys that I'd like to see. Now, getting into the second round, we I checked the mock draft today. This was before when we were 2-4. and four. We had about the 44th pick. Obviously, we're going to go higher now just because we are not good. You look, there's still some really, really good talent out there in that second round. If you're going quarterback, if we go wide receiver, tight end in that first pick, quarterback options right there, Kyle Trask out of Florida. If you can grab Kyle Pitts with the first round, Kyle Trask out of the second round, that's a duo right there. They've been playing together for so long. To bring them both to the Patriots, that could be something very special. If you're continuing to look for quarterbacks, Mac Jones out of Bama, he's been sensational this year. I don't know how much of that is due to his ability compared to Nick Saban's ability to coach. We'll see. I think he could be a good quarterback. I don't know if he's our quarterback. Maybe. These are just prospect ideas. If you're going wide receiver, Chris Olave out of Ohio State, 
he's been their number one for oh what two years now he's been he's been very good Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC he's another good one he's going to be a second round talent and then switching it up I know we have Sony and that's great and all but you never know how long a running back lasts you saw the Chiefs took a, a running back this year Travis Etienne Travis Etienne has been phenomenal for the Clemson Tigers he'd be an absolute weapon in our offense so that concludes basically what I'd say are my potential picks that I'd like to see in the first two rounds of the NFL draft barring any trades obviously if we trade up to get Justin Fields that would be my preference Justin Fields I think could be I think it's time I'd love to see us get a quarterback and actually have the fun of the hype and the excitement of oh we have a, a young stud here at quarterback what can he do for this franchise we'll see we will see till then we gotta endure this covid season and hopefully turn it around so yeah we'll, we shall see we shall see moving on from our patriots part of the podcast we are going to go into the boston red sox who had some happenings today jd martinez has opted back in with a 19.37 million per year aav the 33 year old this past year hit 213 with seven homers and 27 ribbies he yeah he had a down year this year it wasn't his best year and i mean how much of it didn't have the the ipads you kind of took away his swagger the covid season 60 games I'd, I'd write this season off, and we got him back for next year. I'll take it. I'm happy with that. We'll see how he produces next year. I think the iPads back will help him. We shall see. We shall see. And here's the heartbreaker, man. As a Section 10 listener, this, this one hurt very, very deep down inside. The Boston Red Sox have declined Martin Perez. Perez Day's over in Boston. They declined the $6.85 million. It hurts. Perez was the one bright spot on this Sox season, in my eyes. He obviously went 3-5, and five, so that sucks. But he was... His ability to connect with the fans and be a part of the community of the Red Sox was something that we haven't had in a minute. And it's it was just lovely to see that. So, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts. The Red Sox didn't have any starting pitching, and now we have even less starting pitching move didn't make sense to me we'll see what we can do in the draft maybe we get some prospects but then those won't be effective for another five years we see what Heim's doing here I think he's gonna get it right give Heim time that's what we're preaching give Heim time we will figure something out so then we look into free agency Jackie Bradley Jr. is probably not coming back I'd love to see the Red Sox sign him but uh this the, the end of this season, you could just see the writings on the wall. The Section 10 boys talked about it great. It's basically every interview, he's like, Jack, how do you feel about going two for four today? And you could just see it. He's like, you know, I had a great time in Boston. It's just not working. You could see it. Jackie's probably out, out cold. I'd love to have him back, but it ain't happening. It is not likely. Hopefully, Jaron Duran can be a step up. If not, we're going to have to go sign someone. Jaron Duran, I don't think is ready yet. However, I'd love to see that prospect pan out. Maybe he gets in a year early. Maybe he performs. We will see next year. And then you go into some more free agents. Uh, John Lester is on the market. 
do we bring John Lester back to uh, to Boston to finish out his career? I'd love to see it. However, it just isn't a logical move for the Red Sox. Heim's goal is to get young. He wants to get young. John Lester is not young, and he did not have a great year last year. I think we should stay away from John Lester. Would I love the feel-good story? Of course I would. This is just not something that logically makes sense. Something that does logically make sense is Brad Hand. We need bullpen relievers. I can't tell you how badly our bullpen was this year. We'd have so many. We'd have a couple good starts. Pissed away by our bullpen. Our bullpen couldn't get outs when we needed them. Our bullpen couldn't win games when we needed to. We had to be up by 10 or more if we were to win with our pen. They just weren't something that we could rely on. Every single time it felt like we'd be bringing someone in and we'd be holding our breath. Oh, is this boy going to blow it tonight? Can he blow it tonight? Probably. Did he blow it? Of course he did. We don't know who. It, it could have been anybody. They all would blow games. So we need to build that bullpen. Brad Hand, that's a guy who can do that. Best bullpen arm on the market. Heath Hembry, he just uh, got cut by the Philadelphia Phillies. And Brandon Workman's a free agent. Heath Hembry had a 12.5 ERA, and Workman had a 6.92. So um, that's looking like that trade already paid out. Granted, if Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold don't pan out, okay, nobody panned out. But if they even pan out a little bit, we win the trade. Heath and Workman did not play good for the Phillies. That was a steal. If Connor Siebold, who's likely to play AAA, can be anything decent, that's great. Nick Pavetta this year had a 2-0 record in 10 innings pitched with a 1-8-0 ERA. That's about as good as it got for the Red Sox. And if we can get these two guys to be half decent for those two guys that we just sent away, that's a good deal by Heim. So now the big part of the Red Sox part of the podcast. Tony La Russa just signed with the White Sox. And uh, that leaves me to believe it's time to bring back Alex Cora. That was The White Sox job was the only one that could have possibly have taken Alex Cora away from us. And uh, it signed a 70-some-odd-year-old Tony La Russa. Okay, um, it's time to bring back Alex Cora. He was the best manager for the Sox, and, you know, they're probably going to interview a bunch of guys and be like, oh, we interviewed everybody, and Alex Cora, he's still our guy. He is still our guy. And obviously they're going to wait. Like, the Section 10 boys said it again. They're probably going to wait till the uh, Tigers hire A.J. Hinch so that the whole cheating thing can be, oh, well, the Tigers hired A.J. Hinch. He's the real cheater. So we don't get any of that bullshit cheater blowback in in Boston. We'll get a little, but those people are idiots. Bring back Alex Cora. And so that is that for the Red Sox portion of this podcast. So now we get to get in to the Bruins part of the podcast. Mike Hoffman. He is the free agent on the market that everybody still seems to be after, including the Boston Bruins. Other notable teams in the hunt for his services are the Blues, Oilers, the Nashville Predators, and the Florida Panthers. He is getting absolutely lowballed on a bunch of his offers, and that's the only reason he's still on the market. Bruins just have to ante up just a little, and we got him. 
Last year he was making, what, $5 million, I believe it was. Popped a 28-goal season. Thank you very much. This year, he's uh, he's only getting offers for 3.5 to 4.5. He, uh, he was set to make, hopefully, 6 mil this upcoming season. But teams in this COVID cap season, it's they can't offer him the monies. This would be a great signing for the Bruins. If the Bruins can pull this off, that'd be awesome. But considering they need the depth, because Marshawn and Pasternak, they're just out till January, February at the latest. So they need help with the depth portion of their lineup. This would be a good signing for them. Of course, Hoffman, he's into his 30s now, but the dude still puts up numbers. He is a very good hockey player. And with the lack of depth on this team and injuries already tampering us in the next season, it's he'd be a very key and important signing for this Bruins team, especially if they want to be a contender next year, which they still have the capabilities of being. And thankfully, with the season getting pushed back till the 1st of January, they still have a chance of getting Pasternak and Marchand back at a reasonable time. We shall see. They are good enough to be a playoff team. We get Tuka back. That's another plus. It's it's just a waiting game. He's a very viable free agent. And in the wake of losing in free agency this year, with we lost out on Tory Krug. That wasn't great. We lost out on Taylor Hall. I can live with that. We need a signing that can help put some pucks in the back of the net. And Mike Hoffman's good he's good at putting pucks in the back of the net this is a signing that if the Bruins can ante up to offer five five and a half mil they got him and that would be a bargain for him that's all they have to do is give a little bit extra money he's the Bruins they just got to outbid four other teams that's all they have to do this is a very doable thing we'll see if Don Sweeney can pull the trigger on it hopefully he does hopefully this helps build depth on the forwards moving on to the Celtics portion of this podcast the NBA drafts coming up here November 18th and we have four picks three of which are in the first round we have the 14th the 26th and the 30th pick all in the first round and uh, we shall see what Danny Ainge the draft wizard himself decides to do here my preference, I'd like to see us trade up and get a big center like Obi Toppin. I think that's what we need. We need a big that can play big. What other people are talking about, too, is uh, it might not be a bad idea to go out and draft a shooter. We got killed by the Miami Heat with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero in the Eastern Conference Finals. Why not build up that shooter that can come right back at him. Romeo Langford didn't seem to work out this year. Grant Williams, he's a defensive player. He can be a 3 and D player. Hopefully he turns into something. We need more time to develop him, but he's something that could definitely be impactful going forward. But the three things we need are shooters, bigs, and depth. Those are picks that we can easily use to go get people. Hopefully we can see what we can do with them. Do they trade them? Do they pick? We shall see coming up here in 18 days. That'll be exciting. Big news for the Celtics going forward. And that is that for the first ever Mass Hole Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I hope it was music to your ears. 
hopefully we have some similar opinions. Maybe we have some differing opinions. Love to hear them. You can email us at the mhpodcast at gmail.com and we will definitely get back to you. <laughs> Obviously, we are a very small podcast starting here. Uh, first episode. Don't expect a ton of listeners, but any support we can get would be great going forward. So, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we will see you later. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you about my town. I'm going to tell you a